Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. SRS here, and I am so excited to tell you about my new documentary, Fighting With My Consciousness. This clip features me covering WrestleMania and UFC 223 week. Enjoy! Oh, okay. Exclusive setup, FightfulSelect.com stuff setup. Pat's here, Andrew's here, we're good to go for WrestleMania week. Smooth sailing, I would expect. Busy, but smooth sailing. Hey man, you want to grab some lunch? I might have some free time. Yeah, things are going pretty smooth. Oh. Oh no. Oh no. Well now that all that craziness with Conor McGregor's out of the way, I think we'll be alright. Max Holloway's out? Paul Felder? They won't let him fight? Ally Aquinta? They won't pay Anthony Pettis? Well, it's weigh-in day. Long night last night, but it's UFC and NXT. How bad could it be? Why are there so many shows at once? WrestleMania day. Finally here. Let's strap in. Yeah. Oh. It's the list and your boy with Jimmy Van and Sean Ross. All right, we are live. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here in my leisure gear. I've been trying to dress nice for you guys lately, but it's almost over, Jimmy. You know, there's this nothing is... I, there's nothing I would rather do than this, mm. but man, it's, it's been a long week. It's been a long week and a half. 
This is one of the rare times when I can watch that video and I can say, don't quit your day job when you really are kind of talking about your day job. <laughs> so how'd your week go, man? Did you, uh, you know, took a few years well, off your life? It, was, it wasn't at that bad, honestly. It was, the content was a lot to consume, yeah. but uh, ultimately I love doing this. But the thing is, I had planned for this week to start at about like Wednesday. Mm -hmm. like right after our show, I said it was going to start. But then that, that UFC news came in, and once Tony Ferguson got hurt, that news never stopped. And then Conor McGregor made sure that it didn't stop. And then the New York State Athletic Commission made sure it didn't stop. And then just everything, just everything. We had like seven guests on the show this week, and you all will hear more from those abbreviated interviews that we did. But we also launched Fightful Select last week, so that was a lot. You know, Conor McGregor is a perfect example of how fans of celebrities will defend them to the end. And you remember when he fought Mayweather, and we had a lovely girl named Nicola on the podcast who's from Ireland, and she was convinced that the fight was fixed because obviously, you know, an, a, a Conor McGregor fan. I have heard from, you know, different Conor McGregor fans this time out with this whole New York incident, and I asked Nicola about it. And she's convinced the whole thing is again set up and it's all showbiz and they just set it all up to, to promote a fight. Even though uh, he knocked three people out of a pay-per-view single-handedly, he spent the night in prison, he vandalized a bus, he's probably going to get a bunch of civil lawsuits against him. Oh, yeah. That was definitely... Maybe he went to Barclays Center with the intention of drawing promotion to himself, but it did not he end did. up. Yeah, it didn't end up the way that he expected. I was under the impression he was going to be there anyway, mm. but then when Artem Lobov, his teammate, who is only in the UFC because he he is in the UFC, because right, right. Connor is, got cornered by Habib Nurmagomedov and his team, they sped things up, and they right. flew on out there, and they planned to be there for media day. That didn't happen. I was told, well, I know that the people from the Mac Life, his media outlet, which uh, doesn't do as much traffic as Fightful.com, but is credentialed, uh, they let him in, and I know that a UFC PR woman showed him where to go, but she might not be a UFC PR woman for long after that. Right. Um, oh, well, I also think, with all due respect to her or in her defense, if you work for the UFC and Conor McGregor yes. walks up to you, you're going to tell him where the hell to go. Yeah, where do, where do I go? Right. Well, wherever the fuck you want to go, Conor. Right, exactly. You pretty much run the place. Yeah. I think the one that came off... That. The one that came off looking the worst out of this, in my opinion, and yes, this is not an MMA podcast, but there's so many similarities to pro wrestling. Uh, Dana White, I think, came off the worst because he, do, he does his press junket. He's in a private room. He's got a bunch of media there. He's asked straight up, are you going to fire Conor McGregor? And his response was something stupid like, oh, this is much bigger than us firing him. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a break. He, he tried to say that he was negotiating a fight with Rafael Dos Anjos. Yes. That way, Connor could be a three division weight champion and all that stuff. Even though they stripped him of the other two titles. Yeah, and there was that whole issue about what, what happens with the titles, all that. It wasn't a work, guys. No. Will it drum up business? Hell yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Jimmy, uh, by the way, somebody says, my stock portfolio has doubled in a week since getting Fightful Select and Jimmy Van's tips. Ah. <laughs> Is it the same person going on and on and on about the uh, the supposed insider now. trading? Probably. Sign up now. Be a trader, not a hater. <laughs> there you go. I don't even know how that's funny. I don't, but whatever. <laughs> I, uh, I want to start off by talking about Johnny Valiant, luscious Johnny V. And it's so ironic. Not Maybe that's the wrong word. Last week, we had just gotten off the air last Wednesday when I got word that that day, last Wednesday, 
Johnny Valiant was killed crossing a busy street in Pittsburgh. He was hit by a truck, and he was killed at the age of 71. Uh, And I want to tell you two very quick Johnny Valiant things when it pertains to me. The first one is Sean knows this. I, as an adult, decided to collect the entire LJN action figure line, WWF action figure line, but they're all in mint condition in the packages. And what started that obsession was when a friend of mine sent me the Johnny V figure in the package. And that's what made me decide, I'm going to get them all, and then I did. Who was that? Uh, my buddy Mike, uh, I don't think you've ever met him. You'll meet him someday. But uh, he, uh, he's the one that started that obsession, and it was a I Johnny mean, like, how, long, how long ago was that? Oh, five years ago. About five cool. years ago. Yeah. We'll talk about Hillbilly Jim later, I'm sure, but that was the first action figure I ever saw was that LJN. But uh, <clears throat> he, along with you know Valiant Brothers, won the NWA tag team titles, the I think the WWWF World Tag Team titles, and is a uh, WWE Hall of Famer now. One of the great Tragic heel managers story. of the 80s, too, when they had Mr. Fuji and Jimmy Hart and Bobby yeah. Heenan and Slick, and he was one of them. The other thing about Johnny Valiant I want to mention, and this is a small thing that a lot of people might not even find funny, but I do. You know how sometimes something subtle in a promo or something subtle in a match will grab your attention? Yeah, of course. Uh, like, Shins- like Shinsuke Nakamura when he winked at Renee Young. On SmackDown. Yeah. Just something subtle sometimes like that, right? Do you remember the big event in Toronto? I do. So it was an event in Toronto in 86, I believe, and they drew like 60,000 people. The Dream Team, Brutus Beefcake and Greg Valentine, uh, took on the Rougeau brothers. And Johnny Valiant did a pre-match promo when they had, you know, the little window in the corner of the screen. He did a pre-match promo with the Dream Team. And, of course, because they were in Toronto and they were facing the Rougeaus, they were making fun of Canadians and they were yeah. making fun of, fun of them being French. And at the end of that little promo, Johnny Valiant looked into the camera and he yelled out, Qu'est-ce Like that. <laughs> and for whatever reason, I thought it hilarious. And I still, to this day, find it funny when I watch that promo. I just do. And Johnny Valiant was quick-witted like that. Like in his later years, he was doing comedy, stand-up comedy and stuff. Very A little surprising guy. he was only 71. I thought he yeah. was older than that. But Yeah, I mean, in the 80s, around. he felt already like he was 50. So I don't know. Yeah. I guess he, he lived a hard life, man. Who knows? Yeah, condolences to his uh, friends, family, fans. For sure. I also want to talk about the Under the Giant documentary. Did you watch it? I did not. So I watched it, and uh, it was on HBO last night. Now, I'm going to be honest. I had never heard, because I'm I'm reading a lot of the hate online, I had never heard of David Shoemaker. I never heard of him. I didn't know who he was. I still don't know what he does. But I saw the hate, and like David Bixispan really, really hated a lot of what he said. Who is David Shoemaker, and why is there so much hatred towards this guy? Uh, David Shoemaker is a guy known as, I think, like the masked fan or some something like that. He's got he had like a podcast or did some writing, okay, uh, something of that nature. But uh, I think he's a an art director, and I think he writes for The Ringer now. But I don't I think even he, know he, that he did either. he did stuff for ESPN or Sports Illustrated. Okay, well, he was one of the wrestling historians that they used on the documentary, and I know people are shitting on him because his facts were inaccurate. Um, the main one that was wrong was when he said that Andre the Giant broke his ankle and was out at the time that the WWF was starting their national expansion. That's something that yeah. he said. That's wrong. Andre broke his ankle in 81. I think he was out for two months or three months. And WWF started their national expansion in 84. So that was that was incorrect. But otherwise, he it's not like he distracted me from anything. I thought he was fine. Yeah. Uh, I thought the, the documentary was great. I loved it when they were talking about Andre's uh, uh, love of flatulence. I thought that was awesome. And having Hulk Hogan demonstrate what it sounded like when Andre the Giant farted. 
I thought it was really good. I, I enjoyed it. I was a big Andre fan, and the very first LGN I ever had was the Andre the Giant LGN, and my oldest memory of wrestling is from uh, the day after WrestleMania 1 when a buddy of mine saw it in close circuit mm-hmm. and brought the program and he brought the LGN, which somehow I, uh, I retained from him. I don't know how I got them to this day, <laughs> but I have the program and I have the action figure that he got at the closed circuit event. So I don't know, Nigel. That's cool. I, I will watch that, and I'll, I'll try to cover it on Fightful Select probably sometime. Might be on the weekender if I can take it in that time. Still, still that one hour of New Orleans left tonight at, on NXT that I gotta take in. But they're they're still really, yeah. I thought they were they, done. They're still there. I think they, I think they filmed. Uh, no, they filmed on Saturday. Okay, okay, okay. To air stuff for yeah. All right. Although All right. they, my God, they got so much stuff from Access. They if they didn't want to film anything for NXT for six months, they wouldn't have to. They got four full days of stuff. Not only that. Like, Adam Cole and Lars Sullivan were wrestling the morning after that ladder match. Really? That's unbelievable. And uh, shout-outs to our own fightful Jason Kincaid, who got to wrestle for WWE last week. And a friend of uh, the Listen Your Boy, Stokely Hathaway, he did one of the more memorable run-ins in the history of Fightful last year when he showed up on the Matt Riddle broadcast. He also performed at Access. I'll have uh, some more on the Access stuff on next week's uh, Fightful Wrestling Weekly, not this week's, because I'm still working to get a get various thoughts and opinions and things on that. But I thought that WWE knocked it out of the park with a lot of their stuff this week, bringing in a bunch of talent. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this was on your list. Ring of Honor, did you see that? I did not. It was. It was. I was going to ask you about it. That streaming service, my God, for as accommodating as their PR department is, I would love to be able to be like. Man, great deal, and it is. On the surface, Ring of Honor, Honor Club, fantastic deal. Hey, it's a fad, fantastic deal for us because we don't have to pay or have Ryan Cook buy a $40 pay-per-view now. Very he true. can cover it on Honor Club that, that Fightful has. And $120 a year for all that stuff sounds really cool. Mm-hmm. It didn't work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. John Morehouse covered it this week because Ryan Cook was covering NXT, and it was a five-hour, six-hour show, mm-hmm. something like that, going head-to-head with NXT and UFC. That's that's a mistake, number one. Don't do that. That's bad. The stream didn't work. They're using Ustream. Mm-hmm. Ustream, Jimmy. Was Justin TV not available? <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I can think of is that the parent company of Ring of Honor is too busy sending out propaganda memos to local TV stations. Even and then, so, they're a fucking broadcast company. No, <laughs> I know what I'm just saying. They got the money, but I'm just saying they've been maybe they've been so focused on getting out the propaganda that they didn't have time to check in on the streaming. Uh, From what you know? I understand, St. Clair has very little to do besides financing them. But, didn't they? Uh, didn't they? Uh, didn't Ring of Honor uh, gleefully announce during the afternoon that they've added a bunch of servers? They they announced it, what today? No, right before the show. Didn't they announce? Oh, we got a bunch of they, servers. They said they said that it went over capacity. Blah 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 blah. I'm like, you are owned by a broadcast company, yeah. one of the biggest in the country. Yeah. Jesus Christ! And with the the number of shows they're putting on that service, I mean, really, if it works, mm-hmm. it's going to be a good service. I'm not ashamed to admit, Jimmy. I had to pirate their show in order to cover it. We, now, Sean didn't just say that on a, on a live podcast <laughs> on YouTube. He didn't just say yeah, that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I did. And I have no shame in doing that because 
I paid for the service. Mm. It didn't work. That's embarrassing. Yeah, I bet you their chargebacks were probably through the roof, the refunds after that. Well, I don't know if they got any, but uh, they oh, did. Oh, I bet they did. I bet they did. Well, they, their their way of a make good was on Facebook. They said that they will provide to VIP members, which we are, uh, like a $40 ROH shop coupon or something. And you know what? Well, so you can buy a damn when, T-shirt? <laughs> when, we get the, when we get that, we'll find out what our viewers want, uh-huh. and we'll do a giveaway of some sort. There you go. There you go. All right. Uh, Embarrassing. One of the wrestlers told me that, he felt like it made them look minor league, even though, and they're trying to get over that stigma. Right. And he said the gap was widened on Saturday night. Right. I mean, w, yeah, WWE with much higher expectations, their network started off much better. You know, much higher expectations, much much larger bandwidth. And I, and I hope they fix it because yeah. wrestling needs a ring of honor. Right. Sure. Sure. Let's talk about Mania. Now, I'm, I'm not going to go match for match and talk about all the details of the matches and all the finishes because you already did a post-Mania podcast on Sunday, so we don't need to do that. I just yeah, wanna... want to... One, one that, like, 50,000 people watched. Oh, I bet you it was the same thousand 50 times. <laughs> hey, I'll take it. It counts. It counts. I, uh, I just want to give a few notes about Mania because as I was watching, I jotted down a few notes here and there. For the Men's Battle Royal... Did you notice that Dolph Ziggler was the whipping boy of the commentators? Did he you was notice the that? whipping boy of my brain too, because how many goddamn times can you do that same spot over and over again? That's why Jim Ross shot on uh, shit on him. So Jim Ross and Byron Saxton both very openly shit on Dolph Ziggler during that men's battle royal. Jim Ross went so far as to say that he is always in trouble and always just hanging on. Because he kept on doing that spot where he teases getting thrown out. He did it over and over and over again. And so Jim Ross said that. Towards the end of the match, when Dolph got in some offense and delivered some super kicks, Byron Saxton said, and again, this is towards the end of the match, he said, this is the first offense we've seen out of Dolph Ziggler. (laughs) Yeah. Like, they were crapping all over him. And and I I have not made any bones about the fact that I think he's been calling it in for five years. Um, I saw he did an interview where he said, oh... The, the word that I'm, I've signed a new contract is not correct. We're still negotiating, and I've only got a short time left because I have to make a decision because i got so many outside projects. If I'm this man, I say, Whoosh. I can tell you one thing. As a wrestling journalist, the thing that I like covering the least is the monthly Dolph Ziggler contract rumor. Feels like happens Every- a lot. Yeah, you're right. Oh, like I think since we've launched Fightful, it's been like five or six different times. Right, right. Because then you had a reporter incorrectly state – Oh, he's making $1.5 million a year. And everybody was like, no, he's not. Yeah. And then even he this weekend with uh, Chris Van Vliet. Is that how you pronounce his yeah, name? Yeah, Chris Van Vliet. Good Toronto Who boy. is in- incredibly plugged in. He yep. was like, hey, is this true? And Ziggler's like, no, but my dad thought it was. And even called to congratulate me. Really? <laughs> and, I mean, that would never be his downside. But if he had a really good year, he could do it, I suppose. I do. I do want to say shout outs to his dad for like subtly probably kind of asking for some money there. Hey, son, congrats on that $1.5 million deal you signed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got any laying around? <laughs> well, I've, I've heard about his one brother. His one brother could use some bail money from what I've heard, so. Yeah, Maybe man. For that's, that. it's, it's weird. Like, you have the Angle family who's a lot like that, too. Like, you've yeah. seen two of the brothers, Eric Angle, Kurt Angle, and then you got that other brother. He's a little David, off. I think, now, right? David. Yeah, and now He's he murdered, yeah. killed, a, killed a lady. Yep. And the Nemeth family seems that same way. Two really successful brothers. Maybe one that's run into a little bit of trouble. Could be. Let's talk about the women's match, the women's battle royal at Mania. 
Um, I thought the whole thing was so awkward when yeah. Becky Lynch gets an entrance to start it off, right? Has her music. She's out by herself, gets an entrance. Then every other girl in the Battle Royal comes out together, including Naomi, Naomi who won. They all come out together in a cluster. Then Bailey and Sasha get their own entrance after the cluster has come out to the ring. It was so awkward. It, it, was, it was basically telling the audience, only care about these guys, these, these three. Don't care about anybody else. Just care about these three. And then the finish of the match, correct me if I'm wrong, Sean. Correct me if I'm finish. wrong. Finish? I thought the start was so awkward. Oh, and they were all kind of standing around, and then they ganged up for no reason to throw somebody out. and Two people, and then yeah. they all just looked at each other. And they were trying to establish, oh, NXT versus WWE. Mm. And I got that. But, man, that was so weird. Well, the ending was weird because, to my knowledge, there is no program currently with Bailey and Naomi. Correct? None. Naomi is not a heel. Correct? Correct. And yet they did the gimmick where she was on the floor for the last half of the match. Bailey thinks she wins. Naomi slips back in throws her out. And the whole crowd was just – it was just odd. The whole the, – I, I, I hate that crap, that laying around on the outside of the ring crap. They yeah. used it as the Royal Rumble. If there are one of these women that deserves or doesn't deserve, whose entrance facilitates and, and re- requires a WrestleMania pageantry, Naomi, my God, what, what, how, much, how many cool things could they have done with that entrance, especially if they were having her win? And if anybody is going to do that spot, it would be like a Carmella. Yeah. Not a, not a Naomi. Well, I mean, I thought it would have been poetic if, Bailey and Sasha Banks, one didn't eliminate the other. They just cost it. And then Becky right. eliminated them because she came up with them. Right. And she got an I entrance. I don't know what they're – at this point, like, it's, it's my speculation. I don't know who Becky made mad. Mm. I don't know what's going on because she has been abused I loved over her, last I loved year. her little uh, selfie promo about the quinoa. I did too. That was good. good for her. That was good stuff. She is very entertaining. Yeah. I really think she could be the women's division sting, as in that person who is always loved, even if they they do bad. If you even if they try to turn heel, the people are going to like her because right. she's a very likable person. Right. I just I thought that was Naomi won the championship in Orlando last year. Mm-hmm. Just let, let somebody else have it. it. The whole thing was weird, and then also I realized it took place during the second uh, kickoff hour, and I realized it was on USA Network, and in Canada it was on Sportsnet Live as well. And mm-hmm. so I know that they were looking to sell the network, sell the network, sell the network. But did they have to have two promo breaks during the Women's Battle Royal? Two. Did, did they need breaks. to have one during any a match? Right. They didn't. No. Not and it, during it kills any it. Match. And the, and they've done it before on Raw too, where they'll uh, they'll have the live footage in the bottom, and then they have a promo in the big window, and you know when it's coming because they go to a rest spot. Have you noticed that? Yeah. Oh as yeah. Soon, as soon as they go to a rest spot, they do the promo, and as soon as the promo ends, they come out of the rest spot. Oh, I figured. Like, it's so funny. They say, oh, NXT is for people to learn how to work TV. I'm like, shit, I think I've learned how to work TV by listening to Michael Cole. I think so. Set up something. Continues. Seth Rollins is rolling. Yes, and he'll say he'll say it continues. He said, the match continues. And then they go to a promo. Well, it's like, how do you know it continues, Michael? <laughs> you know what should happen sometime? He says that, and then somebody gets a pin. They did that in WCW a couple times. Oh, yeah? Yeah, back back in the day, but... Man, I didn't like that women's battle royal. I, I agree. I Naomi, agree. I thought, has looked very good in that match when she was in it and this week on SmackDown. But, well, at some points. Like, I, I was all in on Naomi about two days ago, and then I saw some lazy kickouts and just. Right, right. Well, a lot of these women need change. 
Yeah, well, we're going to get to that later on. The uh, the IC title match, I want to give props to the official Twitter of the SSE Arena in Belfast, Ireland, because they tweeted a couple of weeks ago that when WWE Live is in Belfast, Seth Rollins is going to defend his Intercontinental title against Finn Balor, and that turned out to be prophetic because Seth Rollins won the Intercontinental title at WrestleMania. Hey, uh, WWE, maybe stop giving arenas this info. Tell them who's booked. Don't tell them what the stakes are. And let me ask you this. Do you think that WWE has wasted an opportunity by eliminating the demon from Finn Balor? Well, he wasn't going to win that night, and they like for him to do it when he wins. And they did the uh, the Finn Balor forever thing. Yes. And a lot of people were upset. Well, idiots were upset about that. But, yes. I mean, they could they could probably go pretty hard with a rainbow demon, They too. could, right? Yeah, yeah but I think, I think they're saving that, and they probably will do that. It feels like it's of. been a—I mean, the last time he teased it was the, the Sister Abigail thing that didn't happen, right? Yeah. So when he was the pumpkin uh, demon. Well, he was still—was he the demon for that match when AJ showed up? I don't I remember. I think he was. I don't I think remember he was. anymore. He might have been. Uh, Charlotte versus Asuka. So I, for me, watching it on television, it seemed like the crowd was pretty quiet for that match. Uh, but I personally loved it. I thought it was a really hard-hitting match. I couldn't believe the risks they took in that match. Yeah. Charlotte took a suplex off the apron to the floor, and they slowed it down on the replay, and you could see her entire body jolt when she mm-hmm. hit the floor. Then she hit a Spanish fly off the top rope. Uh, she also attempted a moonsault. Oscar caught her and put it into a triangle without the armbar, because she's not allowed to do an armbar, right? Yeah. But uh, I thought that was an excellent match, hard-hitting match. I uh, didn't like the finish when uh, Asuka's yelling into the mic. Charlotte was ready for Asuka. That was cheesy. But uh, Yeah, that was stupid. Why do they have her scream Yeah, I think she all just does. The time. She just does. Vincent Mann well, would say it's because she's Japanese. My my only qualm with, with this match actually came earlier because there were two Spanish flies in the Cruiserweight title match. Whoever was in charge of producing that, you need to communicate because that's a big spot for Charlotte. I'm going to go ahead and blame the road dog because it's fun. So I'm going to blame the road dog. Mustafa Ali and Cedric Alexander—they've got a lot more things they can do. With Charlotte, she does; she isn't that versatile mm-hmm. in that regard. But I, I like the match. I like Charlotte winning. I'm surprised she I'm, did it. Yeah. Very, very interested in, in how this all unfolds because there was no Oscar on Raw, was there? No. no. So I, I'm excited for the soup shake that's coming up too. Yeah, and we're going to get to that later on. We'll talk about well, the soup shake. The U.S. title—I uh, felt like it was lost opportunity with Rusev, but I have a question for you. Do you think, and I realize he sold some merchandise and everything, so maybe maybe there's more to it than what I'm suggesting. Do you think that much like how the crowd boos Roman Reigns because it, Roman Reigns because at least a percentage of the crowd they hear his music now and they're Pavlov's dogs and they're trained to boo, right? Yeah. Do you think that in, it's true, Nigel? They're trained to boo. Hey, well, you, it doesn't help when WWE and we can tell what they're trying to do. Oh, you want to protect this part-time bastard? Okay, we get what you're doing, guys. Like. <laughs> We know you're trying to play that against us. And uh, I think Alex Palowski needs to put part-time bastard in his Twitter bio now. There you go. Yeah, it could be, could be, could be official. He is. Do you think that the crowd in part chants Rusev Day because they just enjoy chanting Rusev Day and not necessarily because <laughs> Rusev is over as a, as a top-level star? It's the half the battle, right? Getting it something is. that people are interested in, whether it be – how you look, what you say, what your moves are. A lot of people will, will use that. They'll say, Jack Swagger wasn't over. 
we the people were over or the yes chance over the 10 chance over you know what that's a hell of a lot better than having nothing, nothing. i mean you're right you're right well I'll i thought i thought that given that he was added to the match because of the crowd's reaction to the whatever it is the rusev chant or whatever the fact that he's the one that took the fall against jinder mahal i thought was a mistake and you could see the crowd when he was going for the submission on jinder the whole crowd popped because they thought he was going to win and then as yes. soon as they did the typical finish where Sunil came on the apron and he got distracted and then Jinder hit him with his finisher and pinned him, the crowd just, it was like a fart in church, you know? Yeah. So it, I was, thought, it was, I think they knew where they, it's sad to say this. I think some of this WrestleMania was booked for the greatest Royal Rumble. Yes. And we're going to get to that too, because the greatest Royal Rumble looks like the card might end up being, next thing you know, Ronda Rousey's going to have a match. The way well, that, the way that no, because she has a vagina, so she won't. Oh, and it's in Saudi Arabia. That's right. That's right. Because if they could, they would 100% <laughs> put her on there. I've never if even I were thought them, about I'd, that. I'd, I'd hit up the prince and be like, you know, we got this girl, and I know you don't you don't like girls. Right. But she's real good. Right. Uh, right. We'll talk about the greatest Royal Rumble in a bit, but yeah. Yeah. it seems, well, or as I like to call it, WrestleMania 34 and a half. Jesus. Yeah. No, you're right. You're I, right. I'm, I'm excited for some Friday afternoon wrestling. You're like, right. I, I'm, I'm really pumped for it. So Ronda Rousey, uh, we're going to go over time here for your first segue, so we'll get to the segue later. Right. Ronda Rousey, Dave Meltzer called it one of the better pro wrestling debuts I've ever seen, quote unquote. Um, she, What could you say other than that was just a spectacular performance? What else can you say? So, okay. I've often said on this show I, I report maybe forty percent of the info I'm given, and right. I'm given a lot of info about Ronda Rousey, and I, I was told by a lot of different people she looks good, she looks good, she looks good. But when when I'm told that, I got to make sure that I'm not just being WWE's relay man mm-hmm. and putting it out there to our viewers. Oh, she looks good because these people from WWE told me she looked good. Mm-hmm. They weren't lying. No, they I were s- not lying at all. I My s- God. It was impressive. It was just impressive. It was. I saw an interview that Kurt Angle did, because he's been training with her, and he said, this is before Mania, he said, I'm not blowing smoke. Ronda's gotten really good really fast. And, of course, this is coming from Kurt Angle, who might have picked up wrestling faster than anyone in history. <laughs> yeah. But I still thought the same way you did. I still thought, ah, oh, he's selling the show. And I was thinking back to a couple of her throws on Raw, and I thought, ah, oh, they weren't the greatest, and... She was phenomenal, and I'm, I'm even going to say this, Sean, and I feel like pigs are going to fly by the window in a minute because I'm going to say this. I have shit on Stephanie McMahon for being a, a mediocre executive because she is a mediocre executive, and I, have, <laughs> and I have shit on Stephanie McMahon for her character never getting her um, comeuppance ever. Stephanie McMahon was an excellent chicken shit heel in this match. Excellent. Chicken shit heel. She was match. she was excellent Sunday and Monday. Yes, she from, was from a character perspective, from a promo perspective, from a wrestling perspective. Yes. she was good. Now here's here's the unfortunate thing: Stephanie McMahon should not have went so long without having her come up, and it should have happened more. Agreed. But also because it didn't, I think it did make this a little special. But the thing is. There were no plans for this, like the decade and a half prior. No, of course not. It's not <laughs> like they were like, hey, there's this girl, and she's in judo right now in the Olympics. Exactly. But, like, you wait 10 years from now. She's going to be the UFC champion, and she's coming to w- – yeah, no. Yes. But well, I, Sunday and Monday night gave me shades. I'm not saying it was, but mm-hmm. shades of Steve Austin, Vince McMahon. A little bit. The a crowd, bit. like when – the crowd, when Rousey was waiting for the arm bar, and then when she leaned back on it. Yes. 
oh, that was that was amazing. Uh, I'm with a lot of the other people, and I kind of joked I want to see Ronda Rousey against uh, D'Angelo. Was it D'Angelo Williams last year that had that insane debut? Yeah. He played for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, football player, yeah. yeah. Just the highlight of Impact's 2017, in my estimation, was D'Angelo Williams. One of the best debut matches I've ever seen. Right. Well, you look at the people that, that have often been compared. Mm-hmm. Our own Matt Riddle, Kurt Angle, mm-hmm. Brock Lesnar, mm-hmm. Ronda Rousey for picking up things so quick. They do have the benefit of them spending years, if not decades, learning how to throw people, learning how to roll, learning how to bump. That helps. It was something that I talked to Triple H about right. last week on, on the call. But I couldn't have been happier with that match. I thought no. it was the match of the night. It's true. And, and granted, I know people are going to say, oh, but it was a tag team match and you know she was protected, whatever. But I thought her, even the little things like her timing, breaking up the pin on, uh, on Hunter and Kurt, little things like that. And I wish that the commentators had been maybe a little bit more knowledgeable about MMA on the finish. Because they didn't go into the finish as commentators as well as I as they should have. When Stephanie had her hands clenched, and Ronda's very methodical, and she's looking her right in the eye, and she's very methodical when she's putting Stephanie's arm over her own shoulder, because she's forcing the break of the hands. And yeah. she was very methodical, and she looked her right in the eye, and as soon as she broke them, she looked at her, and she said, see ya, and then she went down into the armbar. It was yes. beautiful. It was beautiful. It was, uh, I thought, the match of the night, and I loved it. I thought it was great. The most fun I had maybe all weekend watching a match. It wasn't the best match of the weekend, but it still was the most fun I had watching a match this yes, weekend. Yes, it was awesome. Now, uh, I want to put up a, a graphic for our video viewers. Uh, uh, Nigel, this is the Usos, uh, Kofi Kingston. So this is uh, prior to the Usos versus New Day versus Bludgeon Brothers match. TMZ, good old TMZ, which should know better because they've covered wrestling for a long, long time. Oh, put up idiots. They put up this graphic... Do you have it up there, Nigel? This is the mobile one? The mobile one. Yeah. Uh, so what they did is they had somebody staked out at the at the wrestler's hotel, and they were putting up pictures of them when they were leaving to go to uh, the, uh, the stadium. And this is one of Xavier Woods, and they actually wrote Kofi Kingston on it. Uh, and Xavier Woods posted it on Twitter and said, I'm the other black guy. Then later in the day, because I happened to check myself on, on TMZ later, put up the other one. Later in the day, they got wind of it, and they actually changed it, put up the correct name. And I actually had tweeted it to TMZ and said, you should be embarrassed. You have more than enough people working on staff. You know. Well, they, use, they don't have Ryan Satin anymore, who actually knew about wrestling. <laughs> I mean, come on. That's Seriously. When, that's you know? when a lot of their wrestling coverage took off. Now, because I could, on a side note, I could, on a side note, mention that one of our listeners thought that I'm Jeff Hawkins. That I could true. mention that. Kylo. And I was... I was going to tweet him, and I was going to joke and say, I, I get it, I get it, we all look alike. I, I was going to say, say I'm that. Pretty sure, I'm pretty sure you donated to that fellow's GoFundMe last year as well, and he still didn't get your face right. I'm taking the money back, man. going to charge you back on my visa. my man. This next photo I want to put up, this is courtesy of listener James Barry, put up the taker photo. And this is a honorary Sean Ross Sapp file photo. This is The Undertaker covering John Cena for the pin. And as you can see, (laughs) John Cena got a face full of Undertaker penis. The way that Taker covered him for that one. Um, I was talking last week on the podcast about what are they going to do with Cena? Is he going to sit in the front row? That's what I was kind of speculating. And sure enough, they had him sitting out there for two and a half hours. And kudos to John Cena that he was so 
nice about it all. And he was so patient because everybody was bombarding him for selfies. Everybody. And he was so cool about it and patient about it. And uh, it led to a match. Taker uh, squashed him. And personally, I thought that was the right finish. After all the shit talk that Cena had been doing week after week after week. And given Taker's limitations, I thought that was the right finish. What do you think? I do too. I wonder if John Cena knew he was going to get Brennan Huffed and that Undertaker was going to teabag his fucking drum set. But... (laughs) That's what happened. Um, I liked it. Sure, Undertaker's back briefly. For, he's going to be wrestling at the greatest Royal Rumble. Yeah, which will probably also be a relative squash. But uh, Oh, yeah. And also, one side note, because this happens every year, and every year I hate it. Michael Cole, he'll never hear this, but if you do, just shut the fuck up. All right? <laughs> every year, all right? And, you, Sean, you're going to know what I'm talking about. When The Undertaker comes out, every year Michael Cole says he looks better than ever. Ah, uh, yeah. He says it every year. He, lo- right? he looked better than ever in 2007, and that was about it. That was the best I ever saw The Undertaker look. Well, this year, all you can say is that he looked better than last year. Yes, he did. Because he, he did. Fast. Yeah, he, he looked downright fast. He was lighter. He looked better than last year. I but, thought maybe Bruce Pritchard was working me because Bruce was like, no, he looked really good physically, at least. But and even, like, even okay. last year, Michael Cole said he looked better than ever. Last year. And last year, he was out of shape. And he does it every year, and it's really, really annoying. So. Right call this match and, and the way it went. Now, I, I would have held off doing the John Cena running out thing because avoid doing that during the women's Jay match. Charlotte's just, victory, yeah. It's stupid. Do it after the U.S. title match. That way, Jinder Mahal, your boy, right. has a reason to attack him later saying, you stole my WrestleMania moment. You put right. the focus on you. You have a reason for a random SmackDown main event in like six months now. Right, right. Now, to me, Mania was kind of a tale of two shows. Because for me, with the exception of the Women's Battle Royal, it was shaping up to be one of the best WrestleManias ever. You know, Ronda Rousey was great, and the Cena-Taker thing was entertaining, and and it was looking good. Then they get to the start of the Daniel Bryan match. And my opinion, that is where the show started to shift, was when they did the angle at the start of the Daniel Bryan match. And watching it as a fan, I thought it was just a big mistake. So... When he came out and he hadn't wrestled in three years and the crowd's anticipating it and they want to see it, and no disrespect to Shane McMahon, it was a heroic effort. His punches suck ass. Um, but it was a heroic effort given the, the hernia and given that he had diverticulitis and he was on antibiotics and everything. For them to lay Daniel Bryan out for 10 minutes when people have been anticipating his return and anticipating his return, and we got to watch Shane McMahon in there throwing those shitty-ass punches that couldn't have been Kleenex, it... Really, the crowd really shifted. And even when Daniel finally got the tag in, the crowd, they were still kind of getting over the disappointment that they had to deal with in the first 10 minutes. That, to me, was the start of where the show kind of started to shift uh, in the negative. What do you think? I agree. I agree. You just have Daniel Bryan go crazy. Right. Shane tags in. Shane takes the abuse. Then Daniel Bryan gets the hot tag. Exactly. I don't think there was a person in that building that thought that Daniel Bryan wasn't coming back. No, no. No, I mean, he was, got new gear made. Is he going to lay on the ground in new gear and get stretched out? Yeah. No. So dumb. That was so dumb. dumb. And then from there, we had Alex and Nia, which uh, I thought was just a horribly booked match. You've got the five, you got the five foot, 95 pound bully who's been talking trash for weeks. I guess a six foot, 270 pound, they claim anyway, um, looking for a revenge monster. And what happens? They have a competitive, what was it, like a 10 minute match? A competitive Nine match? Minutes, yes. It should have been Nia going out there, bulldozing the five-foot bully, 
and pinning her for the title. It should not have been a competitive 10-minute match that requires a Samoan drop, drop of the second rope to get it done. I, it was just poorly executed, I thought, and the crowd didn't like it. Yes. I I would... I mean, I made it clear how I thought this match should have been done last week. Holy crap, it was... Nine minutes? Yeah, it was bad. Do that. Was also, bad. I did. I thought the you deserve it chance the next night were a little weird. I was like, guys, she's not even three years in yet as right. a pro wrestler. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What about? Well, hey, uh, when you crown me fightful champion, I I can hear it from the live chat now. Less than three years in, I get that beautiful championship, and they'll just type out, "You deserve it." That was my space bar. <laughs> happy with that one what'd you think of nicholas you know what i thought of nicholas embarrassing dumb as shit embarrassing embarrassing lame i'm sure some kid loved it good great i see what they want to do with braun Strowman. Yep. that's not how he got over yep. but if they they want to try to expand that you, you don't know until you try but i think if you would have told every anybody hey he's gonna pick a fan that's gonna be a kid Oh, by the way, it's referee John Cone's son. Mm-hmm. Everybody would have thought it was a bad idea, but there were some people that tried to justify it. Then they vacate the titles the next night. I yes. think that values the title. Yes. Had a guy saying, oh, well, they don't have any value anyway. I said, yeah, I know. You can go into the negative there. By the time David Arquette won that WCW title, you think just because there was no value to it that that, that, that didn't make it worse? Right. It did. Yeah, just because value is low doesn't mean that you continue to, de- to devalue it. Right. Yes. And I, so I, I oftentimes will use my wife as a gauge because she's a casual fan. Right. She watched that and she thought, oh, I thought it was really cute. I thought it was really cute that he, that he picked the 10 year old out of the crowd. And I'm sure a lot of casual fans thought the same thing. Oh, isn't it cute that that big monster went in there and he got that little kid and brought him with him and all that stuff? Here's how I look at it if this was a non title tag team match, I could accept it for what it was. Right. But like you said, this was for the tag team titles. So not only was it an embarrassment that Braun supposedly thought so little of him to bring in this kid, Nicholas, he happily relinquished them, relinquished them on Raw the next day when, in theory, when you're the champion, you make more money. Yeah. In theory. And yet he didn't give a shit about that. Oh, haha, here's the joke. He's in the fourth grade. Haha, we got to relinquish. The whole thing was stupid. It was stupid. And I questioned if they had another idea first. Or if they just never really had an idea. They didn't know what way they were going to go with the whole partner thing. It was stupid. Dumb. If you listen to some people, they'd say that Rey Mysterio was going to be the partner. Yeah. I know. know, That was not true. I know. know. Style Shinsuke Nakamura. I think the expectations were too high going in. But... Never got out of second gear. No, it didn't. But I'm loving heel Shinsuke. I'm loving heel Shinsuke. I am too. I talked about this match at length on the FightfulSelect.com Q&A podcast. I did it this afternoon. It's up now for subscribers. Check it out. Last but not least, I guess we'll throw the whole story into one with the contract and everything. Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns. I, just like everybody else, thought Roman was going to win, that Brock is going to either take a sabbatical or he's going to leave permanently and get ready for, for, you know, go back in the USADA pool and then go back into a training camp and they're going to announce. I assumed that they were going to announce the winner of Stipe Cormier gets Brock for the UFC heavyweight title. Uh... The crowd live shit on it because they thought Roman was going to win. And after spending the last year with nobody kicking out of the F5 and Brock pinning everybody with one F5, Roman kicked out of five of them. So everybody thought he's for sure going to win. And then what happens? Brock pins him. 
news came out the next day. This is a WWE claim, anyway, that Brock has re-signed uh, with the company. Dave Meltzer wrote an article for MMA Fighting and said it's a short-term deal. You have always said... Uh, same deal. Same deal. And they, ex- deal. and they extended his contract because of the Mark Hunt fight, correct? Yes. Froze it. And Froze it. The, 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 this is what I was always told, is that Brock Lesnar asked if he could fight in the UFC... WWE got a cut of that, and they said, well, how long do you need off? It was like, I think, April to mid or late July, mid-July to recover. And they said, okay, even though we don't have any plans for you during that time, mm-hmm. we get to freeze your contract. He said, I. Mm-hmm. He was contracted through, I think, April of this year anyway. So that pushes him into August. A lot of people are saying that I said SummerSlam. I never said SummerSlam. I said August. Mm-hmm. August some point. Whether he has dates left, I don't know. There was some, there was a provision putting in at some point where WD could add dates. It just cost them money. Mm-hmm, there mm-hmm. were reports that this was this was called in the match. All due respect to the person who said that, that was not the case. This was not an in-match audible. Vince And they said that Brock didn't have any dates left. Vince McMahon is not calling an audible in his WrestleMania main event to keep a title on somebody for sure. he doesn't think he has another date for. For sure. And Sika was pissed. <laughs> again? Again, he was so pissed. He was, again. Oh, it was great. Because yeah, wasn't it, it was three awesome. years ago and he was like turning over chairs and stuff like that? Yeah, holy crap. I it mean, let me sh- ask you this. Let me ask you this. So Roman essentially got treated the way Cena did at SummerSlam last year, right? Or was that two years ago? Two years ago. Where he got basically thrashed by Brock. Essentially, the same thing happened. Roman got five F5s. He got, looked like a hard way cut. There's been speculation that he bladed, but that looked hard way to me from the elbows to the head. Doesn't, doesn't take much from Brock to hard way somebody. No, and he's done it to several guys. I mean, Roman got brutalized, man. Brutalized. So Match the tw- was okay. I mean, if the crowd had been better about it, it would have been better because it was a hard fought physical match and the crowd shit all over it. But here's my question for you In theory, now, Roman could win the title at the Grace Royal Rumble. When they have the when they have the steel cage match, is Roman not damaged because he once again got the big fight at WrestleMania and he once again lost? And even if he does win at the Greatest Royal Rumble, unless he goes in there and slaughters Brock and it's a completely one sided match, is he not damaged in terms of his character because he keeps on losing the big one and they've been trying for four years and they just keep on? Roman you know, is damaged because they keep trying for four. That's years. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. He would. You know, I hate to be that guy that's like, turn Roman heel. Turn the fucking guy heel already. Yeah. Just embrace it. Yeah. You have right now on your roster, Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles, Seth Rollins, Braun Strowman. You have guys that people like and that they want. Mm-hmm. They like Samoa Joe even though he's a heel. But I, what I expect them to do is AOP and Samoa Joe would... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply with probably Roman Reigns and the Usos battling them and trying to do that. It's just let the guy be what he needs to be to get over because now they're taking it and he 
from him being the wrong kind of over, getting heel heat instead of babyface heat, and they're going to render him to the point to where he's just not over. Mm -hmm. And for a talent like that to be rendered to the point to where he just isn't over eventually, Mm -hmm. that's bad because Roman Reigns is really, really good. And I just, I just don't get it, man. Like, I mean, just I, run with it. I look at it like because this, this greatest Royal Rumble show, obviously, is very lucrative, and obviously, they're getting a ton of money for the show. I almost wonder if they've decided let's make it really, really special. Let's give them a title change. Yeah. Right? So let's hold off on Mania. We're going to do the rematch at this big lucrative show, and we're going to give the Saudi government a big title change. Uh, and but I but again I look at it like even if they do that Roman is damaged he he went into Mania kind of damaged he got his ass kicked he's more damaged and I don't know if the crowd's gonna be salvageable on him even if he does win again I questioned this on the Q and A show today because people were asking me about this greatest Royal Rumble and I'm like okay I get by I'm not like wealthy or anything financially but there are things when I'm like you know I get offered some financial situations I'm like eh. Not worth it to me, even if it's if it's an increase. Vince McMahon has all the money in the world, and he looked at this deal in Saudi Arabia and he said, "God damn, pal, too much to pass up." Mm-hmm. So what the hell kind of money is he making? I mean, it's a ten-year deal. Yeah, and it wouldn't surprise me if I when when they because obviously it was a sold show, and from the time from from the first time yeah. they announced it, I speculated it was probably a sold show. Yeah, but given that given that they've got. You know, we'll talk about it after your after your break, I guess. But given that well, they've got all we, these... we might as well just cut the first break and go into and just go right people. into it. It's three forty five. Okay, we'll do that. So forty eight. Undertaker and Rusev in a casket match. Mm-hmm. Jericho's going to be in the in the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Kurt Angle's going to be in the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Daniel Bryan's going to be in the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Triple H Cena. Uh huh. A ladder match for the IC title with uh, I think it's Rollins, yeah. Miz, uh, Balor, Samoa Joe. The second best match on the WrestleMania show was that Intercontinental Title match right, too. Right, they're Throw loading a it up. And Samoa Joe in there. I I question Ooh. now. I question now if they're getting uh, eight figures. It's for the show. Well, I, you know, besides the social and political aspects of this show, mm-hmm. I'm real excited for it. I'm a Royal yeah. Rumble dork. I really am. I'm like. There's not a lot, many times where I'm like, yeah, strap me down, five, six-hour show, and a post-show after that. Mm-hmm. I'm pumped, man. I like afternoon MMA. I like afternoon pro wrestling. I wish they'd do more events in the UK. Yep. I wish they would do that, too. But, God, I, I, I will be here with bells on. Think on of it like this. Camp. Whenever they do the quarterly conference calls and they release their financials, right, they always break everything down. They always break down average attendance for live events, average gate for live events, and then, of course, EBITDA and stuff is very important. This mm-hmm. one show is going to inflate all of that. Yeah. Everything. It's going to inflate the gates and it's going to inflate the attendance and it's going to raise their EBITDA. And they're they're going all in on it, man. And I'm looking forward to it, too. Like I said, I mean, you it's got to be a very lucrative thing. You know what I would do the day after? I so, would run an all women show at full sale. That's what I would do. You got Sasha Banks versus Bailey. You have Charlotte versus Asuka too. Mm-hmm. Run that one back because now there's no belt for Charlotte to have. Why full you sale? Got, Why would you do it there? Locally, uh, that's where a lot of the women live. They live near Florida. Easier for them because otherwise it would have probably been a day off for them. Yeah. You know you can fill it up. It's short notice, so you know it's going to be filled up. But you could run Carmella versus like Becky Lynch for the title. Mm-hmm. You've got Nia Jax. You've got Alexa Bliss on that show. You've got a you, you've got enough to run a full card. Honestly, they could do something with Ronda if they wanted to. They yeah, could that's have, what I said too. But yeah. you're doing an arena. You're doing well, and they could. But they five to ten thousand. They then. could also have Shayna Baszler 
I mean, they could bring people in from NXT. They, they could, in theory, do There's that. There's no reason that they shouldn't do an all-women's show by the end of this year, if no other reason than because of this and to kind of calm that down. Are all we right. doing stupid people? Let's do stupid people. This is a stupid song. It just goes on and on. You might find some meaning, but you would be wrong. All right, so first off, thanks to TrevorStrong.org for the usage of the stupid song. And once again, after this uh, podcast goes off the air, if you go to FightfulSelect.com, if you're a member there, we're going to do Stupid People Extended with additional stories. Because once again, guys, finding six stupid people new stories a week is not a challenge, Sean. Oh. <laughs> it's very FightfulSelect.com. Subscribe now. There you go. So this first one, Sean, and these are so good, man. can't believe these are real people. Although I do, I do question if this one's got some... Got some setup to it. Uh, it was reported by WISTV10 in South Carolina on April 9th. A mother named Shelly McCuller posted an apology on Facebook after sending her kid to school in what she thought was a T-shirt with McDonald's logo on it. It wasn't until he got home that she realized what it really was. Now, did you put up that photo? I'm excited. This is for a view. This is for a video. Uh, our video viewers. Now. For our audio listeners who can't see it. (laughs) (laughs) Now, for our audio listeners that can't see it, it's a pic of yellow spread legs in the shape of an M, kind of like the golden arches, but they're spread legs. And underneath the spread legs, it says, I'm loving it, which was McDonald's old slogan. Uh, and so she claims that it was, she thought it was a McDonald's t-shirt. Now, here's where I have to be fully honest, and here's where I question if this was set up. At the bottom of her Facebook post, she actually wrote, for licensing and usage, contact licensing at viralhog.com. And when I saw that, I thought, this is set up. We know all about viral hogs on this podcast. But. There you go. But I thought it was still a pretty damn funny picture. That was phenomenal, man. Yeah, whether it's set up or not, but it was awesome. This sure next one, anus burger joke to be made there, but there you go. His audio is a little low. Did you turn him down? I don't know what's been going on with his mic. I've been turning him up the entire time we've been on the yeah, air. Yeah, your audio is going down. Gain is even up. I turned my gain up for this. Ah, it was down I'll a little just, bit. I'll just sit in close. I'll, in honor of Andre the Giant, Jimmy, because you always like to make that that. Yeah, because now your head looks like blah, it's blah, 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 ten blah. feet. <laughs> This next one was reported by WRCB, NBC3 out of Chattanooga, Tennessee on March 25. I, I posted on our little teaser on Twitter that we we're going to be talking about diaper propaganda. And that's what this one is about. So there was some idiot who was a white supremacist. And he decided that he was going to share his message by putting a laminated card inside a box of diapers at a Target store in Hickson, Tennessee. Uh, a gentleman by the name of Tad Russell bought that box of diapers, got it home, opened it up, found the laminated card, posted it on Twitter. Go ahead and put the photo up, Nigel. All right. So it was actually a laminated card, and on one side of it, it said, it's okay to be white. <laughs> then on the other side of it, he had a bunch of links post uh, about uh, uh, white supremacist sites and stuff like that. Somebody actually went to a Target store and dropped the laminated card inside a box of diapers. <laughs> Isn't that ridiculous? Are you Ben Affleck? If you're white, you're Ben Affleck. <laughs> Suck it, reindeer games. 
That's all I could think of. You never seen role models? Um, I have. If I did, it's been Ooh. so long I don't recall. Ooh, you gotta watch that. Oh, that yeah? kid was hilarious. Okay. This last one. I am white. This last one is this is for the Sean Rossap file. And John, what what does the Sean Rossap file entail every week? What does it entail? Shitting and penises. Exactly. This one is option A this week for the Sean Rossap file. It was reported by WHNT Channel 19 out of Huntsville, Alabama on April 4th. Uh, and there's a good quote in here at the end of this. A train hauling 10 million pounds of shit. <laughs> 10 million pounds of shit has been stranded at a rail yard in a small town called Parrish, Alabama for the last two months. All right? It was on its way to a landfill in Adamsville, Alabama. Apparently the shit is from New York, New Jersey. And it was on its way to a landfill in Adamsville, Alabama. But a town that's neighboring that town filed an injunction to keep it out. Um, And because this particular train was in transit at the time that this injunction got passed, they had to do something with it. So they moved it to this town of Parrish, Alabama for the time being because there are no zoning laws there that that prevent uh, the storage of waste. So, so how, ma- how many pounds again? 10 million pounds. Wow, 10 million pounds of shit in Alabama. Congratulations to Alabama. Your, your state now smells better oh. than it did before. There we go. He just has to. He, <laughs> I know. He has to make sure every week that he burns out a little bit of our audience. I so thought now, he was going to say something about San Antonio. Right. Well, San Antonio <laughs> already hates us. Now That's Alabama hates where it was us. Headed. Yeah. Yeah. Dab. Uh, now, here is the best part. Uh, the town only measures two square miles and apparently the entire town smells like shit because it only measures two square miles. (laughs) The mayor of Parrish, a woman named Heather Hall, this is a great quote. She said, God help us if it gets hot. (laughs) (laughs) It's like like those scentsies, you know, my my wife buy those scentsy bars, those wax things and you put them in the... The trays and they melt and it, the the scents there. So you're saying that you buy shit bars? Is that what you're saying? And you, you no, melt I'm them in your house? Alabama has them right now. <laughs> I think they're hot shit. Yeah, yeah. hot shit bars. <laughs> All right, let's move on and talk about Raw. It was a night of debuts and returns this week on Raw. We had Ember Moon, No Way Jose, the authors of Pain without Paul Othering because they severed ties with him on the show. Which no, 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 he was with Paul. No, Lothering, I know that, but they, yeah, because obviously he's not going to go on the road, so that makes sense. Oh, I said uh, that on the podcast months ago, Jimmy. What's that? I said that on the podcast months ago, Jimmy. Okay, that's good. Uh, Bobby Lashley <laughs> returned to WWE. Samoa Joe returned from injury. Jeff Hardy returned from injury. Paige announced her retirement. It was a lot of shit happened. Um, tell me anything that stands out for you from all of these returns and all of these debuts. The main one for me, and you know, I've always been very honest when I look at certain guys like Baron Corbin. I don't see any money in them, kind of thing, right? Yeah. I've always been very honest. No way, Jose. Save your money, my friend. Save your no, money. No, he's, he's he's gonna be on there. He's gonna be there for a long time. He's a shows. He's a live event show starter, is what he is. That's that's what his role will be. He'll get a, a year or so on the main roster. He'll be on. How main long? Event. How long was Adam Rose in WWE? He's better than Adam Rose. How long was he, Adam Rose in WWE? I don't give a shit how long Adam you got to understand. You got to understand. In ring ability is only part of the equation. How long was Santino Morella in WWE? Oh, but he was the greatest comedian that okay, guy. Okay, well, no way. Jose's pretty good. He's getting better in the ring. He's 
a very likable person. He has acting range. He's they he's have him way leading better a, than Adam. Ray. They have him leading a conga line, Sean. Yeah, wait until he leads one in the middle of the Greatest Royal Rumble too. Uh, of those wrestlers, he's just a show starter. That's it. He will be not not even on Raw here in a few months, but they will use him to be the first match on live events. He'll get people moving, and he'll be worth whatever they're paying him. That's really it. I guess. He's not going to be like some big big name. Maybe no. he turns heel and ends up being Sideshow fucking Bob or something. I don't know. But I uh, mean, all, all I got to say is when I saw him come out with that conga line, I thought of Adam Rose immediately. Because with Adam Rose, I used to think to myself, this is a stupid gimmick because why – you're you're just partying. What, that, what is... That's exactly what it was. It was they took the rosebuds. He right. I don't remember him having those, and he didn't need them in any live events I've been to. Right. I really didn't understand it until the first time I saw him live, and I was like, oh, that's why they like him so much. Uh, as far as the other debuts, uh, I can tell you that Bobby. Here's the funny thing. I leaked the script and I posted spoilers of who was going to debut. Bobby Lashley's name was left off the script, mm-hmm. but his had already leaked because some production goof left his screen up with Bobby Lashley's intro video on, and people were snapping pictures of it. How long before but the debut did they do that? A couple hours. Really? So, that far in advance? So on the script that I leaked, Lashley was the only name not on there, but everybody knew about it. Uh-huh. Of course. Uh, also, the page thing was not on the script at all, so uh-huh. I'm glad they let her do that and glad that she became GM the next night. That was that was a good move. Other debuts, Bobby Lashley, that got a lot of buzz online. Uh, millions and millions and millions of hits on YouTube. Who uh-huh. else? We got Authors of Pain. Uh-huh. They need somebody to talk for him based on the promo that I saw them cut backstage with Paul Ellering real bad, so hopefully Samoa Joe is that guy. Who else we got? Who else was there? Uh, for new or returning, or does it matter? Ember Moon. Jeff Hardy. Ember Moon, uh, yeah. she's rounded out her game an awful lot. Yeah. I talk about her on the Fightful Weekender at FightfulSelect.com. Subscribe yeah. now. And she's, you... she's gotten better at promos, and I think Jeff Hardy will just fall into that Rob Van Dam spot from a few years ago. Yeah, and they, they did the little back, backstage thing to kind of separate Matt and Jeff when Jeff gave Bray a hug. So it was almost like he was saying, you guys go be a tag team, and I'm going to be the yep. singles guy. Because we know Vince has always looked at Jeff as the biggest star of the team anyway. Also, uh, Jeff is saying to Finn Balor and Seth Rollins, hey, it's better that I go along with it so I don't get run over by a lawnmower when I try to go eat nachos at my brother's house. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let me ask you this question. Back in the territory days, right, back in the, the, the pre-'80s, yeah. you would have new guys come in and you would have existing guys go out, right? Here we are on Raw. Now, granted, SmackDown didn't have as many debuts as Raw did or returns, but... Raw had uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven new people, if you include the return. Seven new people on the show. New people come in. Other people are going to go out. I mean, that's just that's just how it works. Yep. Who do you think is going to end up future endeavored? And I know it's a shitty thing to discuss, but it's uh, it's inevitable. I don't know about future endeavored, but shifted around. It's time for Titus to get outside the ring. Him as a manager and as an ambassador, A-plus stuff. R-Truth, mm-hmm. time to go. Goldust, they're phasing him out, but... He's going to be around in some agent capacity. I'm Slater positive. Rhino? Rhino, maybe. Slater's mm-hmm. probably hanging around for something. They like Heath Slater an awful lot. Mm-hmm. Rhino's just not in shape, poor yeah. guy. I don't think Hawkins goes anywhere. Hawkins does he's what he streak. does. He's got a t-shirt he, now, I think. You've got to have Hawkins around for what he does. Mm-hmm. If they don't repackage Dallas and Axel, but Dallas and Axel are almost in the Slater thing. You've got to have somebody that always loses almost. 
And over on the SmackDown side of things, I look at the roster, the Colognes. Mm. God, I thought they were on borrowed time their first month in the company, and mm-hmm. they made it a decade. Let them go. The Ascension, what have what do you have them around for? No, no disrespect to them. I think Rick Victor's very good, but uh, Mike Canellis has been snake bitten. I think they're going to give him and Maria another shot when she's ready to go back on the road. But, I think if not for Maria, there would be no Mike Canellis in WWE. Yeah, I, w- I would say the same thing. Like mm-hmm. I don't understand. Yeah. Uh, like I, I just I don't understand the Mike Canellis thing. I'm glad that he got over his issues, but those are the ones that. Yep. I would kind of see maybe even a Sin Cara later now over on smackdown um aside from the fact that we got a great performance from your favorite referee of all time mike Kyoto. that was freaking hilarious i know you loved was, it it was gold with a carmella cash in like you said 47 seconds i counted and how many cash ins have they done right they've done so many like they know why they're out there but whatever yeah. whatever it was what but it was. i mean the thing is there's been so many fake carmella cash ins i love that he sold it that son of a bitch because <laughs> you know like I hate to use the term Mark, but I was turning into a real Mark there. I was like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Read that bell. Right, right. Like one of the old grannies in the NWA. Thing hat- that's like, you dirty bastard. Ring the bell. <laughs> you remember the hat pin lady, hat pin Mary? There you go. Yeah. That's, how I, that's how I was on Tuesday. So they got the Iconics. They call them now the Iconics. Peyton Royce and Billy Kay. Paige was announced as the new GM, which I think is fine for her. It's a, it's yeah. a fine role for her. Uh, Carmella cashed in Money in the Bank, and then they gave us Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles, which was uh, unexpected that they would give us a match like that already. Should have so, beat AJ. You should have beat AJ his first night. That way, you can immediately say he's a main eventer again. Don't worry about him. Well, here's my question now, off the heels of that: Superstar Shakeup. And I, I, I watched a little bit of the SmackDown podcast you guys did, and I know you guys had certain opinions or whatever. Do you think that they did? Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles now, even though uh, there was a non-finish, because they plan to move Daniel Bryan to Raw, or do you think they did it now because they don't know how long he might have with his history of concussions? I think both. And mm-hmm. last year, I looked, the people who switched brands, 1 and 12, the week of and the week before they moved. So if that's any indication, they're going to have to switch that up a little bit. I know the idea is lose on your way out, mm-hmm. but here's the thing. This is a little different now. Because they got co-branded pay-per-views. You're still seeing these people all the time, so I think you should keep some strong. I think they did Uso's New Day for that reason. I think they know that these guys like each other. They have really good chemistry together. This uh-huh. feud was one of the bright spots on a really crappy SmackDown last year, uh-huh. and they wanted to give them the opportunity to tear it down again, so I think they did that as well. The Paige thing, I think, man, last night, the way she was making the crowd guess who the opponent was going to be, that was really cool. She's going to be good at that. The Iconics, man, that may have been the most impressed I was with the debut all week. They commanded, and they looked like stars, and they put a good beating on Charlotte. I love that debut. I don't know why they changed from Iconic Duo. Also, I don't know why they have two eyes, and it's I-Iconics. Maybe it's because they're – oh, because there's, there's two there's Roman numerals. Oh, right. Boy. That's what it is. Icon. Right. Marketing <laughs> genius there. Not when you got to think about it. <laughs> yeah. So back to the superstar shakeup. Then who do you think is going to go from Raw to SmackDown and from SmackDown to Raw? Like who are your top five that you think are going to go from Raw to SmackDown, SmackDown to Raw? Bailey or Sasha Banks will get split up. And what I would imagine happening there is like maybe one of them wins Money in the Bank and challenges the other one. 
who happens to be a champion at SummerSlam for that title. That way you can still do that match. Mickey and Alexa probably go. I think that it either the revival or the club have to go. One of those two teams needs to go, even though one's baby face, one's heels, whatever. I think those are a couple of them. Maybe Braun Strowman. Really? Maybe. 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 Because so I, I think that they wanted to move Seth, but I don't think you can move Seth and Braun. Right, right. No, Seth's the IC champion now. And, and I know they've moved the champions before. Yeah. Uh, but if they move him, then they'd have to, in theory, move Jinder Mahal to Raw if they were really to do that. I think uh, Elias is going to go. I think. That'd be a good one. I think the Usos are going to go. Uh, I think Anderson and Gallows are going to go. I think Big Cass is going to go to SmackDown. Yeah. I think. I think Charlotte's going um, too. I think Bobby Roode is going to Raw. I think Baron. I think Baron Corbin is going to Raw. Mm-hmm. And I think if the Usos go, then Naomi's going to go to Raw too. Uh, and, Baron Corbin needs to get drafted to uh, Aiden English's Barber. Uh, I think Baron Corbin needs to get drafted to an IHOP. And uh, he can serve you some of those waffles that you like, bud. A good because... Waffle House for those. The dirtiest goddamn establishment in <laughs> IHOP has waffles, too, just because they call it the House of Pancakes. Well, we, we just don't have IHOP around here. We have uh, Waffle Houses and Huddle Houses, but IHOP's fine, whatever. I got you. But I, I agree with you on the barber thing, Baron Corbin. He just needs he needs help. Just Somebody says Baron Corbin should get drafted to TNA. That TNA line from Kurt Angle okay. on Monday. <laughs> I'm, I, guess, I guess we'll talk about that now because it's actually on my list. Put up the Tim Hortons graphic. So I was going to ask you about Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. I was going to ask you where you think they're heading next. I love the idea of them showing up in NXT looking for the a job. tonight. Okay. So I think that would be amazing if they did that. Um, so anybody that missed it on Raw when they were asking Kurt Angle for a job because they lost at WrestleMania and they essentially are, you know, in theory, fired from SmackDown, Kurt Angle said, I hear TNA is hiring. Impact yes. was quick to jump on that. And because their headquarters are now in Toronto, they posted this image on Twitter. Uh, it's a, a box of Tim Hortons donuts and a box of Tim Hortons coffee. And the quote, somebody just showed up at our offices with some donuts in their resume. It looks like we're the company everybody wants to work for these days. And obviously they blurred out the name on the resume, you know, yeah. so it was very clever, very cleverly done on their part. Uh, you think Kurt, uh, improvised on that one? No, but that was a brilliant line. It I don't really think good. that he improvised there. I think that Vince McMahon kind of heard or somebody heard that TNA wasn't supposed to be mentioned or something like that because Jeff didn't mention it at the Hall of Fame. Well, don't forget he said TNA non-impact. Yes. And that, I think, was in, uh, uh, on purpose. I don't think a lot right? of people know what the hell impact is. That's I don't although think a lot of people know what TNA is anymore either. Although their numbers are climbing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they have embraced themselves being an indie with TV and they've ran with it, and as a result, their their ratings are up, or their viewership is up. So uh, a lot of respect to them for that, and their new main event looks real good. Austin Aries, Pentagon, and Ray Phoenix on that pay-per-view. That is way better than anything Alberto Del Rio was going to be involved in. And so we might as well talk about that now. So um, when I first heard about this, that Alberto no-showed the Impact Lucha co-promoted show, I questioned, oh, is this another work? It looks like it's legitimate, yeah. right? Yeah, uh, that would be an old TNA regime thing to do is to fake this work because they want him to be the they wanted him to be the new Brian Pillman really right, bad. Right. But I don't know that if you want if you're doing a work, I definitely wouldn't portray it as company instability when 
that's been one of the knocks on your company is how unstable it's been forever. You don't want to really portray that on screen as well, especially with the number of authority figures you've had come in and out. I hope he's done with them because I, I don't want to watch him. So what have you heard about that? Because he did the press conference. So he showed up at the yes. press conference to, to promote the show, but then he no-showed the show. What have you heard about that? They're playing it close to the best, but mm. he just wasn't there. And... I actually half expected him to show up at Mania. I half, I half, oh, I didn't. No, I, I half didn't. expected. So, well, interesting. I guess we'll see what happens. Um, well, uh, hold on. Let me, let me segue here. <laughs> One person who wasn't booked on that Lucha Underground versus Impact Wrestling show was Eva Lee, who I widely consider... Outside of WWE, one of the best women's wrestlers in the world. She actually pushed for a lot of what the women's revolution is now back in her FCW days before all of this happened. Uh, I had an interview with her last week. It was a great interview. I always like talking to her because she lives her gimmick. Her gimmick is baddest bitch in the room or baddest bitch in the building, whatever it is. And when I talk to her, I'm like, man, she's really baddest bitch in the building. And uh, take a listen to my interview. Full one is up at youtube.com slash Fightful. How can I say? I, I, okay, I live here, but uh, I, I'm here on my own. I don't have family here. I only depend on, on me. So, like, the recovery was not what it should have been for me. Like, I just tried to get uh, uh, to heal myself as fast as possible to get right back out there to make money to support myself and all that. So I didn't really like, it's kind of on me that I didn't do, I didn't heal it properly in order to, when I come back, not have that reoccur again. And, you know, not, and it's not only just physically because you could physically heal yourself, but then not, you're not mentally prepared yet because you're afraid. So then you go out there and you're kind of on eggshells about, you know, your movements out there because you have to get over it mentally as well. So I, yeah, so I didn't. You're also known as one of the more outspoken people in wrestling, and that bled over into your uh, developmental experience with WWE, but that's been years ago now. Uh, What is is your relationship with them now? I know you're with Lucha Underground, obviously, but uh, have things been a bit better because they've moved on from that sort of developmental system that you were a part of as well? Yeah, that's very, it's, it's been, it's kind of bittersweet to watch that happen since I left. <laughs> it's like, well, awesome, fantastic, because it's always been, it's not just like, oh, me, me. Like, honestly, like for me, what, what I get satisfaction from is being able to contribute as a woman to women's wrestling and have, you know, the more I can do to contribute to get to, you know, to have it be seen in a, in a good light that has always been like my underlying goal throughout it, it all. So, you know, on one side, it makes me incredibly happy to see all these changes and all these things and all that growth towards women's wrestling and how, you know, and how, and how WWE presents them and all of that has been incredibly, you know, awesome. And then there's that other side of my mind. I was like, man, wasn't I there at the wrong time? Like, couldn't I, why couldn't I be there now? Like, yeah, you know, on a personal level, yeah. So it's kind of bittersweet in that sense. But um, I'm, you know, I, I obviously that's something, no matter where, that's something I want to be a part of, you know. No matter what company I'm at or what part of the world or whatever, as long as, long as I'm part of that, 
you know, so, uh, whatever, whatever growth towards making women's wrestling better or making women's wrestling, you know, be seen in a better light or be presented in a more respectable, credible way, all that, that is something that I will always want to be a part of. So, you know, if that opportunity does come up for whatever reason, soon, later, whenever that is, then I'd, I'd be happy. All right, we're back. Ivelisse, one of those people who signed the seven con or seven season contracts with Lucha Underground way back in the day. I think she signed it when she was 26. It's possible she'll be under that deal until she's like 34. Wow. Which is unbelievable. And honestly, I think it's a detriment at this point because I think she could get signed by Ring of Honor or WWE at this point, even given her, I, don't, I want to say colorful past, <laughs> filter herself. Yeah. And I mean, she was one of the people way back when saying, "Get Bill Demott out of here." And that that I, from what I understand, this is just me speaking and what I've heard. That may have been one of the reasons she left was because of Bill Demott related stuff. And as it turns out, she wasn't wrong. Nope. She also probably wasn't wrong about the "Hey, let us work like we're actual wrestlers" type of things either, because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. she would say those things and didn't bode well for her in that company. So moving on, what do you think of the Jerry Lawler news? The stroke? Isn't that nuts? Yeah. So if anybody hasn't heard, because it, uh, I think it just came out today, and this is uh, April 11th, Jerry Lawler on the latest edition of his podcast called Dinner with the King, he said he had a stroke three weeks ago on March 21st, a minor stroke. Two weeks after the stroke, he goes to New Orleans for Mania Week. He hosts the Hall of Fame. You wouldn't have noticed anything wrong with him at all. No way. He, uh, he works the Mania kickoff show. He did commentary for the Men's Battle Royal. Two weeks after a minor stroke. Just mind-boggling. Yeah, mind-boggling, man. So good for him. Uh, NXT did, did he say he was he had the stroke while he was doing it? Apparently, yeah. Yeah. Having an intimate, gimmick, huh? an intimate Living. moment, yeah. Yeah. You ever known those guys, Sean? And I'm not saying this is Jerry Lawler, but have you ever known those guys that would brag about all the women that they were with because in reality they really weren't? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, the guys that do get a lot of action don't feel the need to talk about it. Yeah. Again, I'm not saying anything about Jerry the King Lawler. All I'm saying is he's almost 70 years old. His girlfriend is not. So <laughs> She certainly is not. I feel like he feels the need to throw that out there when he gets the opportunity. Maybe if you had a decimal in there. <laughs> <laughs> so NXT TakeOver New Orleans. Uh, all I got to say about the whole show, so, you know, I, I I, th I thought the show was great. I liked the ladder match. It was good. Uh, if they bring up uh, Andrade Almas, they better bring up uh, Zelina Vega with them. Zelina. Oh, yeah. If they're not together as an act, he's dead in the water. they got to bring him up together. But the main thing out of the show is uh, Champa is nuts. Yes, he is. Tomasa Champa is nuts is all i got to say. Because I watched that match. And two spots that I still think of. The first was the uh, suplex off the, off the commentator table to the floor. Champa was actually the one that delivered the suplex. But yes. he landed the hardest. Oh, yeah, Delivering that suplex because uh, Gargano was able to get the feet down, right? Then the sunset flip powerbomb onto the concrete from the apron. And he tried to bend the knee so he could get as low to the ground as he could. But he still... I love the, the you deserve it chant from the crowd when he <laughs> the concrete. That was good. I was watching that match in those spots and I thought to myself, I hope they're paying you well. Because those are the types of things ten years down the road you're gonna be feeling that every day. Oh yeah. You know? Oh yeah. 
Man, those were some rough spots, man. So I, I thought that was something. There are people that I've talked to that wrestled for a couple of years, and they tell me that when they're out snow shot or they're shoveling snow in their yard, they feel it. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I remember that bump. Yep. So. Same thing off of Charlotte Suplex uh, at WrestleMania. The way that it jarred her whole body, like that's the stuff yeah. that you're gonna you're gonna come back and feel. I hope that uh, Champa's saving his money because you can't work yeah. too many matches like that. You know how we often talk about how you probably make a good good amount of money if you developed a better wire cast system <laughs> yes if we got into the business of developing like prop nerf ladders for wwe might be able to do okay with that but they gotta be ladders you can actually climb and do that's, things on, that's you know? true that's, that's, hey, that's, that's why they don't exist yet that's why they don't exist yet and yeah, maybe they will someday i don't know uh what else should we talk about here man i got quite a bit of stuff how about numbers actually no First, I'm going to read the Arrow Lucha quote. Let's do that first. Oh, boy! So, anyone that's been following us knows that we are now minor uh, minority investors in Arrow Lucha. I'm waiting on my mask and my t-shirt, and you better fucking deliver, too. Because otherwise, I'm going to Nashville to get it. So, you better deliver my mask and my t-shirt. To the credit of Jason Brown, the CEO of the company, on their investor website, I believe it's called WeFunder, he has been answering questions. So, you can post questions up there, and he'll respond to them. And to his credit, last week I I asked a question, and this, within an hour, Sean, of me asking the question, he answered it. So uh, props to him. My question basically was about uh, this crowdfunding thing was several days old. You only had a couple thousand dollars worth of investment. The minimum for you to cash the money out is fifty grand. All of a sudden, lo and behold, you got one fifty thousand dollar investment. That's got to be ownership money. That's basically what I said. Yeah. To his credit, he responded and he said, uh, this, is, this is the whole thing is a quote. Great question and appreciate your directness. First off, for the SEC, if that investment came from ownership, we would by law have to disclose it. So to answer your question, no, it did not come from ownership. Rather, the investment came from a wealthy, accredited investor that I know who believed enough in the project, the target market, the business model, bullshit, 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 uh, and what we've <laughs> accomplished so far to invest a large sum of money. So good on him that he responded. I'm still alleging, I have no proof, I'm alleging that he probably gave his buddy the 50 grand, you know, yeah. and said, hey, do me a favor because there's like three extra thousand in there that we want to get. So yes. do this for us. Um, but whatever. How long until the Fightful Championship is defended on an Aerolucha show? And can we just run Aerolucha shows now? So what I'm going to do is as soon as I get my mask and T-shirt... I am going to uh, inquire about the Book first... yourself on the show! <laughs> <laughs> That's what you're going to do. Maybe you I'll even... challenge Rey Mysterio for the Fightful Ni- title. Nigel, how do I pronounce your last name? Look, I sing. You have a Singh brother. Isn't that cute? You have one of the Singh brothers. Isn't that cute? Mm. Well, we'll see, man. I don't know. But uh, I'm waiting on my mask and t-shirt. You know what I might start doing? I might start doing a day count of like how many days it takes yeah. me to get the mask and T-shirt. It's so. gonna be a while. Have they? Do they show what the mask looks? Yeah, because you don't have any masks laying around in there. You greedy son of a bitch. No, I don't have anything. <laughs> Actually, I would take it, but right now Virgil has got the uh, the official Fightful Select. Our Lucha show is just people from your office wearing the masks, the various masks in your office. It's not bad. <laughs> it's not a bad idea because we got enough of them. You know, so we could do that. I could do a full Survivor Series team of me leading people wearing my masks. <laughs> you probably could. Yeah, you this probably is a could. good idea. Yeah, see, this is an older one, and there's no eye holes. So this one's not as fun. It's but. okay. 
I so get the feeling they won't be in the match too long anyway. No. You know what I should do is I wonder if there's a way that I can get Ed Nordholm to wear your thing there. You know, my it, it just it looks like a caricature, but that that fits surprisingly well. My it head does. on the it does. Nordholm. Oh, your head fits everywhere, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's talk some WWE numbers. What time we got here? Okay, let's talk some WWE numbers. So. WWE announced on Monday that they reached 2.12 million total network subscribers as of April night, the day after Mania, with uh, 1.81 million paid subs. It's a 9% increase from the day after Mania last year, WrestleMania 33. The one thing that I don't think they did note was that this year they were doing a promotion where you could get three months for $9.99, and technically those 1.81 million paid subscribers include the people that opted for the three months for nine ninety nine, or the dollar ninety nines, and all that all stuff of that. that people signed. Yeah, on. technically yeah. that counts. So obviously, what WWE is hoping is that those people will stay on, uh, and then they'll get their money back. I mean, that's the whole point. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, they also announced a live gate for Mania 34, 14.1 million, and they announced a crowd of 78,133. Have you heard if that, just like previous years, included uh, vendors? Uh, guys selling T-shirts, the guys in the, in the production truck, uh, all that stuff. Have you heard about that? I don't know if they would have had those numbers back yet. I guess it's possible. Because remember, didn't they say that it was uh, whoever went through the turnstiles in a previous year? They discounted that. And that was literally everybody, including the talent. Yeah. Well, that's, that's true. My God. I think that was for the Dallas year, right? Might have been. They were trying to break the record. Might have been. And did, to be fair. They, they did break the record. But. Yep. For for a show like this, it's like, who gives a shit? It's not going to be the record. No. It's going to be like 70-something, so whatever. Yeah, yeah. That's all I got this week, man. That's all you have. What's That's your week looking like? Uh, God, I don't even know what day it is. Oh, it's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. We're on a podcast together. <laughs> 67th uh, one we've done. I have a lot going on. <laughs> we are taking over another floor in the building here. Yes. Currently getting it renovated, so that's keeping me busy. Plus, my uh, house is still being renovated. Whew. Things are busy right now, man. I just hired two new people. I have a bit of an update on the dog situation from last week. So, did they listen to the podcast? They must have. Yeah? Within mere minutes. Yeah. The dog was moved. Yes. Off his chain. First time in six years. After so, we talked about it on the podcast. I probably got some beefing neighbors. They're probably mad at me. I, I wake up from a nap. I took. I managed to get like a 15-minute nap in. I'm like, is somebody knocking on my door? I look, and my neighbors have pinned a no trespassing sign on the back of the old doghouse that they had, basically saying, don't feed our dog even though we don't. What? Oh, man, it's lit out here. I can't wait to move. So is yeah. the dog back tied up? Yes, but in a new doghouse. In a new doghouse. A new, much improved doghouse. I can see him right out of my window. Because I, I am far from the only person in my neighborhood who has commented to them or yeah. said things about this. But I don't think it's any coincidence that after six years, right. he was finally off. So my thing is, you know what? I, I, won't, I won't feed him if you all take care of him type of thing. Hmm. That's all I'm asking for. All I'm asking for. I mean, I told you, call animal control if you have to and oh, get somebody to come out and... Yeah, well, I I know that other people in the neighborhood have, but hey, we just we just want the little pups and the kittens being treated good. That's right. I'm That's going right. to watch a movie tonight. Oh yeah, what's that? Blockers. So I still have to watch John Cena. Okay. 
my, right. my night off, uh, my wife wanted to go watch Blockers last week, and I said, not happening this week. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know what? I'm going to tell you a little story about how to deal with the, the city officials when you want to get stuff done. So if you ever have an issue with that dog again, Sean, and you want to get them to take care of it, you do something like, like this. I send, like, dozens of Tim Hortons cups and say, this shit is a scam, and then they come and they take you care You can do of that, dog. too, but here's what you do. I once had a tree that was dying in my yard, and it was an yeah. eyesore, and the bark was peeling, and I was afraid bridges were going to break down or whatever, and I kept on calling the city, oh, somebody will be by in next week. Nothing ever got done. My landscaper gave me an idea. And it was a brilliant idea. And I called the city and I said, hey, this tree's dead in my front yard. A branch just fell down and almost hit my child. At the time, I didn't have children. At the time, I didn't have children. I said, a branch fell down and almost hit my child. If that happens again, I'm suing the city. Ooh. They came the next day. See, I don't know if they, they take care of stuff like that here, if it's on your property. We had a tree. It's funny because you could – I don't know if they have like archived Google Images stuff, but – Old Google image or Google map stuff would show this giant tree in our yard. And I mean huge. was like over our like patio roof and a little bit over the road. And we were like, all right, this thing's dead. It's old. It's going to get dangerous. We need to chop it down. But we weren't really like it hadn't transitioned uh, from family members yet. So nobody was really in the house. Then we uh, like got the city calling us like i think a couple times and they were like well the branches are falling in the street do you want us to take care of it and we're like hell yeah so if you want something like that done here it has to affect city property uh if it's in if it's on your property they won't do it yeah but, but something, tell, something tells me that there's a risk of a branch uh you know falling on the head of a child that's true they'll probably take care of it where's the mug do you got the mug the mug it's downstairs i was washing it earlier and i forgot to bring it up I showed it off on the SmackDown pod last night. You didn't think that I might want to see the damn mug I paid for, Sean? Yeah, I guess those <laughs> pictures I sent you or the designs that Melissa sent weren't good enough. So we now have uh, Fightful mugs for uh, one of the tiers of FightfulSelect.com. And also, uh, I approved a design for a bumper sticker yesterday. And it is freaking awesome. Great. It is great. It's awesome. And so that's also going to be in one of the tiers is for FightfulSelect.com. Is it a bumper sticker or a decal? It's a bumper sticker, I believe. I could be wrong, but I think it's a bumper sticker. Cal, I mean, that would make more sense. But either way, we have that. You can get shirts over at Fightful Select. But I'll go ahead and give you all the pitch on Fightful Select. <laughs> I did a Q&A show today. I'm doing those biweekly. The weeks that I don't do those, I'm doing dark match commentary. Uh, the two that are up right now, you all can see a preview, D.D. Venturi versus Molly Holly. But the first one released last week is Brock Lesnar versus Funaki. Also, uh, I do a retro show every month. This month's is WWF Backlash 1999. Uh, you all can get access to the Fightful Photo Gallery. I'm posting those all the time. Uh, the Return to Members Only podcast. I'm going to do a Members Only show next week. Uh, some about wrestling. Uh, I'll likely have a guest on. We'll just talk some trash for 40 minutes to an hour. Also, we have outtake and behind-the-scenes footage. The Fightful Weekender podcast, where I, I talk NXT 205 Live. New Japan, Ring of Honor, and I'll probably start expanding on the Fightful Wrestling Weekly, which you can also get early access to at FightfulSelect.com, and you'll get a lot of exclusive news and info in that that maybe you didn't read into in the stories and all that. You can get Jimmy Van's book, Wrestling's Underbelly, from bingo halls to shopping malls, early access to my uh, interviews and features like Wikipedia Fact Check, Making a Finisher, which won't even release to like summer or fall. Um, 
extended stupid people segments. Uh, you'll get some looks at Nigel's podcast production whenever we do those. There are just so many different things, and those are the lower tiers. We have sponsor tiers. Like if you're just rolling in money and you want to sponsor every Fightful podcast for six months, oh, and be flown out and do a show <laughs> with me, Jimmy, you can do that too. We got it all. We got it all. Maybe on Friday we'll do some uh, commentary for some of my old batch archives. Maybe we'll do that, that Friday. Cool. That's that's another thing. I forgot all about that. You yeah. get every month you get a new match out of Jimmy Van's um, vault, and damn, I'm doing thirty shows a month now, Jimmy. Thirty. Well, you are narcissistic. <laughs> well, I'm I'm not gonna deny that <laughs> in any way. And are don't you for, calling don't me the Lex Luger of Fightful? You better hope I'm not, Sean. What's that mean? You know, you know where he's at right now. You know, you know, life is going for him, right? I'm pretty sure a lot of people think that I'm glued to this chair anyway, so I'm not much different. Very possible. And also, don't forget if you go to FightfulSelect.com after this, uh, we're going to do Stupid People Extended. I got three more really good ones for this week, Sean. Hot dog. Including another one for the SRS file. I'm ready. Nice. Yeah, I'm ready. What the penis route on that one? Until next time, guys, follow us at Fightful Online. Visit us at Fightful.com. We are out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.